Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Our production fellow, Abadi and Exparello, and production assistant, Kristen Duenas, were given the immense responsibility of listening to hours and hours and hours of comedy albums from the past year and choosing their favorites for 2015. Now, we're just talking about albums here. We're a radio show, after all, and although there was some great stuff to watch on TV, we're going to stick to good old-fashioned comedy records. We'll hear from some of our old favorites, like Kyle Kinane and Karen Kilgariff, both past guests on this show, along with some folks making their first appearances on our list, like Beth Stelling and Sheng Wang. Our show's only an hour, so it is impossible to squeeze in everything we loved in 2015. So if there's something you think we missed, go online and tell us about it. I'll tell you how at the end of the show. And before we begin, a disclaimer. We have bleeped out some swear words in the coming hour, but if you would prefer not to hear bleeps or if your kids are listening with you and uh, you have sensitive ears or they do, fair warning. Okay, let's do this thing. It's Bullseye. You might recognize Kyle Kinane as the voice of Comedy Central or from his many appearances on Conan and The Tonight Show. So much of Kyle's stand-up is about how he's messing up, doing stuff like falling out of the shower. He told me in an interview earlier this year that instead of getting mad at himself, he prefers to delight in those moments of stupidity. Here he is on his album, I Liked His Old Stuff Better. I threw money in the trash. I don't know how old you have to be to have Alzheimer's. Threw money in the garbage. That one creeped me out. I was driving, and I wanted a snack. I wanted pistachio nuts. Already an old person snack. (laughs) Senior citizens, they love shelled nuts. It's one of the last things that's going to put up a fight. (laughs) Put them up, protein. (laughs) That's why I like them two pistachios. That's like that's the close I've ever come to hand-to-hand combat. Is the two seconds it takes for each pistachio nut. Each one gets its own scenario. You're like, you tell me where she is. I fight each one. Where's the briefcase, Mendoza? I just get at him. Especially the ones that are closed all the way up. Oh, those sinister. The arrogant ones, they rely on your own laziness for their survival. Like, you're not, you don't have the time for us, Kyle. Just push us aside. They're like the smarmy criminals. Like, you're not going to get me. You're not going to get the secrets out of me. I get those guys first. I line them up on my dashboard. I hit them with the back of my phone. That's what I do. I could do that because I got insurance on my phone because that's what you do when you're older. You get insurance for your temporary electronics. That's all it is. You got disposable income. How much? Eight bucks a month? Awesome. That just turned this into a hammer. Boom. (laughs) Smash a smash a smash. Use my phone. I stir soup with it. I don't care. New one every month. Keep them little Chinese hands busy. Let's go for it. So that was it. I was walking out of the gas station. I had pistachio nuts in one hand. Change! Pistachio nuts in the other hand. I walked by a garbage can. 
All of a sudden, in my head, instead of a thought, because sometimes you put stuff in those. Before the thought is complete, I've already released the contents of my right hand. It was that easy. Just a Jedi mind trick on myself. Just hypnotized grift myself right there. Sometimes you put stuff in those. Sometimes I put stuff in these. And I just stood there. You ever do something so dumb, you just stand there? Do you know it's dumb, but it didn't even compute? It's like, what'd you do? Look at what you just did. What'd you do? This is why you find your car keys in the freezer sometimes, Kyle. <laughs> like this. Analyze what happened. Because I heard it hit, too. I knew it was a change, and it wasn't even like... I'm like, I'm going to go get it. I don't have a choice. Because it wasn't even pennies or nickels. It was quarters. It was laundry money. I need that. That's my, that's my science money. i got to go make more shirt meteorites. <laughs> but I realized I can't even go get it because the guy from the gas station has been staring at me this whole time because he has no idea what he's seeing. First off, I'm the youngest guy to ever buy dusty pistachio nuts from him. And then also whisper to the package, you're going down. And now he sees me walk out and throw money in the garbage. Like I'm some sort of weird, eccentric debutante. Like I'm, a, I'm some sort of millionaire who lives on a mansion on a hill, but I still get all my meals at the AM, PM station twice a day. Like I just come down in a top hat and tails. Like, oh no, only folding money for me, my good man. I throw my coins into the rubbish barrel. That's where the peasants will be trolling for scraps anyway. It's actually quite charitable on my part. It certainly is. Ta-ta! <laughs> It's, it's either that, let's thank you. It's either that or I'm somebody who's never been fully explained the concept of wishing wells to. Because the idea of them got me so excited I can only sit through half the lesson, you know? Like I never got the end of the fairy tale. Like somebody's like, first you want to get some coins. Like, I have so many coins. <laughs> then you want to put a wish on those coins. My head, it's filled with wishes. And then you want to take those wished-upon coins, you want to throw them into a very specific... I can't even wait any longer! And I've just been spending the rest of my life just running around like, I wish no babies go hungry today! Poof, poof, poof! In the garbage! You're welcome, babies! Peace on Earth! Kyle Kinane. His album is called I Liked His Old Stuff Better. You can find his live tour dates at kylekinane.com. I'm Jesse Thorne. This is Bullseye. You're listening to our Best Comedy of 2015 special. Next up is comedian Emily Heller. She's sort of our co-worker. She co-hosts the Maximum Fun podcast, Baby Geniuses. A lot of comics use material from their childhoods. Here's Emily talking about hers from her album, Good For Her. Tell you a little bit about me. A lot of people assume I was a nerd growing up. That's not fair. It's untrue and offensive. I was not a nerd. Nerds had other nerds to hang out with and play D&D. I was a spazzy weirdo. We're our own thing. Kind of the bad boys of the general loser community, if you would. All of the alienation, none of the brains. I couldn't find anyone that was into what I was into as a kid. I'll give you an example. When I was 11... My dad made me scrambled eggs for breakfast one morning, and I said, this is amazing, what's in this? And he said, oregano. 
So naturally, I took a small tub of oregano and I taped a string to it and I wore it as a necklace every day to school for three months. And because I'm from San Francisco, my parents just let me do that. They were just like, go on out into the world, be free, follow your heart. Who are we to stop you? You're actually uh, literally the only people who could stop me. That's kind of your job description, actually. You are the barrier between me and the world seeing me with this garbage around my neck and you're dropping the ball. I was like, this is cool, right? I'm the oregano girl now. You all better pick a spice because oregano is spoken for. I think what I'm trying to say is it took me a really long time to lose my virginity. That's the point of that story. The weird thing was, though, no one made fun of me about that. I was not bullied. And I deserved it. Some kids do. No one ever called me names, beat me up, shoved me in a locker, anything like that. Instead, the cool kids just wrote really backhanded compliments in my yearbook. Like two different people wrote, I just love how you don't care what anyone thinks about you. Which was news. Uh, what, 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 what makes you think? I don't, I mean, I don't care, but how did you know? I don't care what people think about me. Oh, you know, just um, how you dress and behave. <laughs> I mean, because if you cared what people thought about you, you'd do both of those so differently. I went to a private school, though, so, like, maybe that is just how rich people bully each other, you know, just, like, real passive-aggressively. Just like, you know what I love about you? <laughs> You're so unique. You're like, none of us. Emily Heller from her album Good For Her. Emily co-hosts the podcast Baby Geniuses with Lisa Hanawalt. You can find it at our website, MaximumFun.org. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. We are celebrating the new year with what we think is the best stand-up comedy of 2015. Ron Funches is a really delightful comic. You've probably seen him act, too, on Comedy Central's Kroll Show or on the NBC sitcom Undateable. He has a sort of, a, a sort of an incongruously high-pitched laugh for being such a big dude, and he really is a big dude. And he seems sort of unruffled and chilled out all the time. Not so much on the inside, though, as he explains, on his debut stand-up album, The Funches of Us. There's always someone that tries to stop you from doing what you enjoy. I call these people my parents. We have a weird relationship. I kind of treat them like a Walmart. Which I'll explain. 
means I really don't like going to them for any reason. I'd prefer it if they stayed out of my town. But I get a strange satisfaction from stealing from them. Glad you guys were cool with that. <laughs> I think I smoke a lot of pot because I have a lot of anxieties. I'm a very stressed out person. <laughs> I know I seem pretty calm and relaxed, but I'm actually a volcano that could murder you all. <laughs> I just don't handle stress well. I don't handle stressful situations well. And it could be little things like going to the DMV or dealing with cops at your show. <laughs> Are seeing identical twins when you did not expect to see identical <laughs> twins? That's terrifying. Why do we live with that? We're supposed to be snowflakes. But every now and again, it's just a direct copy of one of us. And we don't stab it in the skull. That's what you do with demons and doppelgangers. Okay, I'm willing to admit that's a strong stance on twins. <laughs> Ron Funches, from his debut stand-up record, The Funches of Us. He co-stars on the NBC show Undateable. He also performs stand-up around the country. You can find out more by visiting his website at ronfunches.com. All right, think back to middle school. It's pretty much the beginning of teenage embarrassments, right? Do you remember how the smallest things would ruin your life completely? Sarah Schaefer remembers all too well. Here she is on her stand-up album, Chrysalis. Another thing about teenagers that I love is that, like, you do not want your parents up in your business. But you also, at the same time, want them inside your brain at all times predicting your every need. So, like, be like, Mom... I need you to feed me, clothe me, love me. But when that bus comes around the corner, you get in the ditch. <laughs> as far as they're concerned, I was raised by wolves. 
that first so I was way in that mode when middle school started and in the beginning of middle school middle school was the first time that I had to take gym class and that's when young girls learn how to become like it's just such an embarrassing it's the first time you have to change clothes in front of people it's like awful and that's when girls learn how to be magicians with changing clothes like, like girl, every girl knows how to change an entire outfit with no one seeing any skin. It's like, Kalamazan, Kalamazoo, boo! <laughs> I'm in a whole new outfit. <laughs> One of the first assignments for gym class that we had was to bring a little tub of supplies for our little gym locker. It was like your little outfit, your towel, and also on the list was deodorant. And I was not. Hell no. Was I going to talk to my mom about deodorant? That just wasn't on the list of acceptable topics that I could talk about with my parents. But I also was a huge nerd. So I wanted to get credit for that deodorant. I needed the full credit. I needed to get an A on this assignment. But I'm putting it off because I just don't want to talk about it. I just wish that she would just guess and like leave it on the table, you know? But no, no. It's the day it's due, and we're about to leave the house, and I'm just like, Mom! What? Oh my God, what? I need deodorant! What? No! What kind? Secret! It's Jasmine Breeze! She's like, Okay, hold on. Let me see what I've got. And she's like digging around. She's like, oh, I got something. She brings it out. Boom. It's a 64-ounce can of spray right guard. I don't even know if some of you were even are even old enough to know what that is. I don't think they make it anymore because it caused global warming. <laughs> I see this thing and I'm just like, no! That's for Shaquille O'Neal! <laughs> she's like, you're taking it. Get it in there. You waited till the last minute and this is what happens. So she's like forcing it into my backpack. I'm trying to zip it up over the top. It's so big. I take it to school. It's like I have a hot nuclear warhead in my backpack. I'm so afraid someone's going to see it. So I go up, I'm not, I'm not taking this thing out in the locker room. Are you kidding me right now? So I go up to the teacher separately and I just like unzip my backpack, open it a little bit and I'm like, we good? You got it? We good? Okay, good. I zip it back up and I'm like, whoo, okay. <sighs> Avoided embarrassment. And then it dawns on me. I can't take this thing home. My mom will see it and she'll kill me. And at this point, it's like a dead body I have to get rid of. <laughs> and at one point, I'm like freaking out all day. At one point, I'm at my regular tall locker in the hallway, and nobody's around. I was like, okay, now's my chance. I take out the can of Right Guard, I put it on my top shelf of my locker, and then I delicately placed a 90210 Luke Perry folder against it. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's actually a pretty good display. <laughs> Shut the locker, left. Cut to the end of the school year. Luke Perry is still there. I've never even utilized the top shelf of my locker. There's so much great space up in there, and I never even used it the whole year. 
because of my non-secret secret that I was hiding. <laughs> and at this point, it was like a boiling alien egg about to hatch. I had to get it out of there. It was like planning for weeks, like a Navy SEAL extraction mission. Like, what am I gonna do? No, they're gonna see it. But again, there came a moment on the last day of school, nobody was around, and I thought, okay, now's my chance. I put my knee up, open up my backpack. I'm gonna tip it in and just zip it up and get out of there. But right before I could do that, Billy and I am not changing his name because he is not innocent. <laughs> Came up, slammed the locker next to mine, and then Luke Perry's face fell forward from the ricochet. Like slow motion, like a feather, it fell to the ground. And Billy he turned into a robot with laser eyes. And he like turned to the right guard can and just made contact and was like, oh my God. Like he summons the whole school. People like, Sarah, come here. Sarah Schaefer is a man. I'm just like, what? He takes it out and he's like spraying himself with it. Like, and he's like, oh, I'm Sarah Schaefer. I smell so bad. I gotta have a big old can of deodorant. Better spray my like, I'm like, don't do that. They'll make you sterile. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I, I disintegrated into a pile of dust, reconstituted myself, and walked backwards for a mile home. <laughs> it's a sad story, I know. But don't worry, he's dead. Sarah Schaefer from her album Chrysalis, which you can find on iTunes or on her website, sarahschaefer.com. Comedian Hampton Yount was raised in Virginia, and growing up in the South brings a certain unique perspective when it comes to politics and history. Here's Hampton from his album Bearable. And just be aware that this next clip has some bleep swearing in it. It's funny, whenever I visit, like you know, my small hometown, I kind of get it, like, why people are kind of dumb. <laughs> like, the way they do, like, political ads in the Deep South, it's crazy. Like, every time I visit home, they always play these, like, really ominously voiced political ads, or, like, attack ads, where they'll have, like, a black and white photo of the person they don't like, where they're just like, he can't even afford color printing, piece <laughs> of <laughs> idiot. <laughs> And then, like, the ads are vague. They come out, they're like, he voted no on Prop 24. Like, you're not, it's like, it, the, when you read the bill, or what they say at the end, they're just like, he voted against children. Like, <laughs> nobody's ever been like, I'd like to vote against children. <laughs> children, no! <laughs> it makes me think, like, well, we have made it as far as we have as a society if we just always had scary as political ads like I don't think so I don't think we would have made it this far as a society if we just had ads just like Abraham Lincoln says he wants to end the civil war but why does he spend all of his free time at the theater paper by the council of John Wilkes Booth for a better America George Washington says he wants to be your president but what's a president no you can't. I don't know what that is yet. <laughs> FDR won't stand for his country. <laughs> Will you? 
George Washington is my favorite fictional character of all time. Uh, no, he's real. I'm just, I didn't mean to scare you. Uh, just in that, like, that, that story they made up about George Washington. It's like early advertising. They, they made up a story about George Washington, the one with the cherry tree. That's a story they made up about George Washington to make him seem like an awesome guy. And it just winds up making him look like a sociopath. <laughs> if you ever really dissect the story, George Washington's dad buys a new cherry tree, goes up to his son, and he goes, don't cut down my cherry tree. And then he goes into town for the day. George Washington immediately cuts down his cherry tree. <laughs> like, immediately. And then his dad comes back, and his dad's like not an idiot. He's like, did you cut down my cherry tree? And George Washington goes, Father, I cannot tell a lie. I cut down your cherry tree. The end. That's the end of the story. Which I just love, like, they don't give you the follow-up question in that scenario, which would just be his dad going, why did you cut down my cherry tree? And George Washington just going, I wanted to hurt something you loved. I wanted to break something beautiful. His dad's like, oh, <laughs> goes back up to his mansion, goes up to one of his butlers. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with that kid. It's crazy. And his butler's just like, son, my master, why you just want to watch the world burn? That was Hampton Yount from his album, Bearable. You can see more of him in his Comedy Central half-hour special or at hamptonyount.com. You're listening to Bullseye's Best Comedy of 2015 special. We've got a lot more coming up after a break, including comedy from Sheng Wang and music from Drennan Davis and Karen Kilgariff. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from ThriveMarket.com, an online shopping club where healthy organic foods and non-toxic products are up to 50% off retail prices and shipped to your door. You can easily filter by your preferences, including vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. And when you become a member, ThriveMarket.com will donate a free membership to a low-income family, teacher, or military veteran. Go to thrivemarket.com slash NPR to start your free two-month trial and get 15% off your first order. Hey, gang, thanks for listening to Bullseye in 2015. If you're in the middle of the holidays and you're looking for something to distract you from the nightmare that is your family, why not check out some other NPR podcasts? One of my favorites is Pop Culture Happy Hour. You can also check out Fresh Air, which is like our show but better. It'll give you some dinner table conversation for when things turn hairy. Go to npr.org slash podcast or check them out on the NPR One app. And have a happy holiday. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. We're making our way through the best comedy albums of 2015 as determined in a highly scientific listening and sifting process by our production fellow Ibarian X. Perello and production assistant Christian Duenas. Please be aware that the originals contain some swear words, which we have bleeped out. Also, please be aware that our super scientific process has determined exactly the best comedy of 2015, and anyone who disagrees with us is wrong. What would an episode of Bullseye be without a little bit of music? One of our longtime favorite comics and writers, Karen Kilgariff, recently teamed up with the very funny Drennan Davis to do a comedy album in musical format. This is from I Don't Care, I Like It. There are some people that suffer greatly in the summer, and uh, so we wrote a, a song about them. They're goths, 
and uh, and they deserve respect. And uh, this is a song for them. Brennan Davis and Karen Kilgara from their album, I Don't Care, I Like It. You can hear more of their music by visiting drennandavis.com, and you can check out Karen's great podcast, Do You Need a Ride?, where she and her co-host Chris Fairbanks interview their guests while giving them a ride to or from the airport, also sometimes a comedy club. Mike O'Brien is best known for his work as a writer and performer on Saturday Night Live. He's continued to do sketch work in his comedy album released this year. It's called Tasty Radio, and it takes you on a spin down the radio dial, tuning in different stations. At this point on the dial, we've hit basketball play-by-play with O'Brien, Jason Sudeikis, and Bill Hader as commentators. You're listening to K-Fan. All the exciting sports action. None of the boring names and numbers. Uh, where are all the names and numbers? They're up your 
Welcome back to N Arena. I'm an announcer, and I'm here, as always, with another guy. Hey, good to be here, fella. You're listening to a basketball game on KFAN. All the action, none of the names and numbers, because names, numbers, and statistics are boring, and you're not going to get them on KFAN. So true. Here we go with the action. Kind of a tall dude inbounds to a blonde guy. Mm-hmm. White fella. Sure. Blonde guy. White fella. White fella. Takes it up the floor. Over to another guy. He passes it back too quickly to think of a description for him. Mm-hmm. Passes it back to the first guy. Mm-hmm. The blonde one. The white fella. Yeah. Not the one that inbounded. Uh, it's stolen by a guy from the other team. Uh-oh. The guy who just stole it dishes it to the guy from earlier who I was describing as possibly mixed race and he lays it in. Oh, he definitely has different races in there. Great anticipation and great steal. I would speculate that that mixed race fella has many steals over the course of this year. Not going to bore you by tracking down the exact number on that. Okay, so the guys who got the ball stolen are bringing it up the floor again. Same blonde dude. Just say white fellas. Sure. The only white guy out there. You know, he's the right. And he lobs a great pass to the guy who looks like uh, looks like a beefy version of that black president guy, and that guy dunks it through. Oh, boy, great finish from the guy who does, in fact, look like a beefy version of the president. Not my president. All right. And we've got a substitution. Oh, boy. Okay. So, uh, all right. So the guy who shoved the referee earlier but does not have a mustache, he's coming out. So is the guy who I mentioned that was all sweaty even before he got to play. They're being replaced by uh, one guy whose eyes are kind of always surprised. surprised. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. call there. And another guy who looks like his face. It's very specific. It kind of seems like his nose is trying to get away from his bad breath. Oh, snap. It sure does. Yeah, he's sort of got a short, scrunchy little off jobby of a nose. And his eyes are trying to get away from each other. I guarantee you some fetal alcohol syndrome. You can't do it, ladies. Take nine months off. Now the guy whose eyes always look surprised takes the inbound pass from the blonde guy. Say white guy! I won't. Now it's over to the guy with the scrunched up, disgusting little nose. Mm-hmm. He takes a shot from the corner. It's off the mark. Rebounded strongly by the guy I referred to earlier as having little dog teeth. Yeah, the guy that you referred to earlier as having little dog teeth has really stepped up his rebounding this season. Last year, he had a lot of rebounds. Uh, not the most ever, but a good amount. You know, I'd say it happened often. What do you mean? I just thought, you know, like, uh, people would miss. He'd get it. Uh, miss, he'd get it. Uh, miss, he'd get it. Probably three to four times that. What cons- are you doing? Uh- K-Fan apologizes for the use of a name or a number in this broadcast. Meanwhile, heading back the other way, the guy who acts like he's trying to tuck in his jersey before free throws but doesn't really try. I hate that guy. He passes it off to our likely mixed race fellow. Gotta be mixed race. He drives and draws quite a crowd, kicks it back out to the guy who acts like he's trying to tuck in his jersey before free throws but doesn't really try. I hate this guy. He drains it from outside of a line. And I gotta tell you, the score is shocking to me right now. And with that, some more substitutions. Oh, no, not again. Okay, all right. So, uh, let's see. The tall dude is coming out of the game. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of tall dudes still in the game, but the one we referred to as the tall dude is being replaced by the guy who shoved the referee earlier and has the mustache. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, my God. This son of a... He shaved. He shaved. He shaved his mustache that he had on earlier. It must have been a luck thing, or I don't know, maybe he had crabs. Who knows what? Guy does not have the mustache, so we'll refer to him now as the guy who shoved the ref and probably had crabs in his mustache. Also subbing in for the other team is a guy who avoided eye contact with me in the locker room bathroom when he came out of the stall, and I was washing my hands before the game. You all right? It was, it was a little weird. It was weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's the beefy version of the president guy. Yep. He's being guarded nicely by the guy who avoided eye contact with my partner in the bathroom. No hard feelings. He kicks it out to the guy whose eyes are always surprised. Who has on goggles now? So the guy whose eyes are always surprised is now wearing goggles. Just call him goggles. He makes a beautiful backdoor pass to the guy who doesn't really try to tuck his jersey in before free throws. <laughs> I hate that son of a And here's the only problem with that. The son of a 
who pretends to dunk his shirt in before free throws and doesn't really try, that guy's on the other team. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's on the team with the guy at this point we're 99% sure is of mixed race. The guy with little dog teeth. The guy who wouldn't look at me in the bathroom. Again, no hard feelings. I get it. The guy who looks like a 12-year-old boy that took a Mario mushroom and doubled himself in height. The blonde guy. I thought we were going white fella. Whatever, doesn't matter. The guy who I said has calves that make me want to get back into jumping rope competitively or just maybe just, you know, jump rope for hard stuff, you know, with my kid. That's Mike O'Brien along with Jason Sudeikis and Bill Hader, on O'Brien's sketch album, Tasty Radio. Check out some classic Mike O'Brien with his very funny YouTube series, Seven Minutes in Heaven with Mike O'Brien. Eddie Pepitone is an old-school New York comedian, although he now lives in Los Angeles. You might even recognize him for his character, the New York heckler on Conan, or the many times that he has played a grumpy New York guy on pretty much every television show ever. Here he is on his album, In Ruins. I also can't stand the way, you know, uh, the snootiness of certain products have gotten lately. Like, like the way people are sold wine or the way they get into wine um, is hilarious to me. Like, I actually was at a dinner party the other day and my friend actually said, you know, I think this wine has a playful finish. <laughs> If you ever hear a friend saying that, tell him to work in a prison. <laughs> because he is not tethered to reality. It's done. It's gone. He's living in gourmet specialty world. I like to with people at a dinner party and take a sip of wine and go, you know, I disagree. I think it has a silly finish. <laughs> no, really, I think this wine tastes like a car full of clowns. <laughs> do you detect notes of a hand buzzer? <laughs> I do. A slight hand buzz? No one else sensed the floppy shoes in this wine. No one. It's me. I actually had a friend say to me about a wine. He was like, and they always say it like this, it just, this wine has just the slightest trace. As if you would want anything with a slight, slight trace. You know what I mean? Like, it has the slightest the slightest hint of the forest floor. <laughs> and I was like, forest floor? That's where people get murdered. <laughs> Haven't you seen Twin Peaks? Leland Palmer killed Laura Palmer in the forest. It was brutal. And I think it happens in real life. I do not want murder in my wine. <laughs> Eddie Pepitone from his album, In Ruins. Check out more of his work and his schedule of appearances at eddiepepitone.com. You can also watch a feature documentary about Eddie. It's called The Bitter Buddha. You may have seen Sheng Wang on his Comedy Central half-hour special or doing Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell or Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Here he is on his album, Cornucopias Are Actually Horrible Containers. I'm not super religious. 
Uh, I'm spiritual, very spiritual. I'm, uh, I'm half ghost. Uh, technically, I don't pray, but I do make wishes. Like religiously. My favorite thing is wishbones. Wishbones are a fantastic package. Like the tradition of wishbones came from a time when entertainment was very limited. A family ate a turkey. They sit around the table staring at a pile of bones and they're like, there is a game here. Oh, you kids want to have some fun? Come on, come on. The winner gets to use his imagination and soul to project an ideal out for the universe to manifest. The loser, you don't get to do that. Don't even think about it, loser. If you ain't holding the bigger half of this completely fractured dead bird's bone, don't let me catch you closing your eyes with hope on your face. I love pictures of food during Thanksgiving because I'm a giant fan of cornucopias. They just look so cool, right? But the sad thing is you never see cornucopias in real life. You know why? Because cornucopias are actually horrible containers. They're always sideways. Food is spilling out. It's not functional. The word cornucopia means a lot, like a lot of food, but it should mean everything is everywhere because this horn, it's not a good bowl. That's comedian Sheng Wang. His album is Cornucopias Are Actually Horrible Containers. Find out when he'll be performing near you by visiting his website at shengwangtime.com. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. You're listening to our year-end Best Comedy of 2015 special. Okay, so full disclosure, our next comic, Guy Branham, guest-hosted Bullseye earlier this year, and he did a totally amazing job. He also hosts our spin-off podcast, Pop Rocket. But his real job is as a stand-up comedian, and he is even better at that than he is at hosting podcasts, which, to be honest, he's already better at than I am, and hosting podcasts is my main job. Guy writes for The Mindy Project. He does stand-up regularly all around Los Angeles. He released his first album this year. So it's slowly getting better to be a gay man in America. Guy is embracing that. He's gay himself. And here he is from his album, Affable. There are some advantages to being a gay man in America. We get to be friends with black women for no reason. No one understands why it works. It's just two strong flavors that work well together, like sea salt and dark chocolates. There are some advantages to being a gay man in our society. No one expects me to like Kings of Leon. You guys, I take a lot of grief for my taste in music. And allow me to explain my taste in music to you. Do you know how you turn on the radio and there's that song they play 15 times a day and you don't understand why? You don't understand who likes that song? I always like that song. <laughs> I always like that song. <laughs> I liked that song when it was Mambo number five. <laughs> and I liked that song when it is Fancy by Iggy Azalea. 
I always like that song. People think that they get to talk down to me because of this. I was recently at a party in Brooklyn and we were talking about music. And this guy was like, hey guy, you need to grow up. Music's part of your personal evolution. You need to start listening to music with some complex emotions to it. You need to grow up. Here's the thing. <laughs> I've already got complex emotions floating around inside of me. If I want to be said, I'll just remember that in 1999, I had a conversation with my mother. Then she never loved me as much again. <laughs> I don't need the Decembrists to help. <laughs> I don't need some black guy from Brooklyn telling me how many problems he has. I have problems of my own. What I need is a black girl from Brooklyn to remind me that if I put on lip gloss, I will feel better. <laughs> because sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, rolling through this existence as a creepily gigantic bald gay guy is not the most fun thing to do. <laughs> sometimes I need to be reminded why I'm beautiful. It's because I don't know that I'm beautiful. <laughs> sometimes I need to be told that I'm sexy and I should know it. Sometimes I need to feel bootylicious. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if I go through this, my one chance at life, the only people who realize that I'm a firework are me <laughs> and Katy Perry. That is good enough for me. Guy Branham, his album is Effable. You can enjoy a lot more of him by listening to our sister podcast, Pop Rocket. You can find it by visiting MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. You're listening to our year-end Best Comedy of 2015 special. So the last couple of years have found Aziz Ansari talking a lot about romantic relationships. He literally co-wrote a book about them called Modern Romance with a social scientist, and he plumbed the crowd for thoughts about their love lives at the taping of his stand-up special. Here he is recording his album, Buried Alive. Let me get a sense of you guys as an audience. Clap if you're married right now. Clap if you're married. You guys here in the front. How long did you guys know each other before you got married? Five years. Five years? That's always an interesting figure to me, how long people knew each other before they got married, you know? Clap if you knew your person five years or less. Okay? Clap if it was three years or less. All right? Clap if it was two years or less. <laughs> We're all laughing because you'll probably get divorced. That's a crazy idea. Why'd you do that? You didn't need to do that. You could just keep dating or whatever. Why? 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 Uh, what happened? Did you lose a bet or something? What? <laughs> Look, of course, I could be totally wrong. You guys could be soulmates. I don't know. But to me, two years doesn't seem like enough time to get to know someone to know you want to spend the rest of your life with them. Two years? Two years? I've had sweaters for two years. I've been like, what the f*** was I doing this sweater? <laughs> So stupid looking. I can't believe I ever thought about keeping that sweater for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's a sweater. Another thing people do that scares me, 
they'll marry their high school sweetheart. That's strange to me, to meet someone when they're like 16 years old and just go, all right, I'm done. Well, I don't think I'm gonna run into anyone interesting in my 20s or 30s. I'm just gonna lock this down now. For no reason at all. Think about all the dumb things you believed when you were that age. Think about all the stupid decisions you made. Imagine being stuck with any of those decisions for the rest of your life. Even just little things. It's like, all right, well, I guess I got this Bob Marley poster on my bed for the rest of my life. It's cool, though, because they took a bunch of little photos of Bob Marley and they put it together to make it look like a big photo of Bob Marley. It's a mosaic. I just don't think you have any idea what your adult life is going to be like when you're 16 years old. You realize how awful my life would be if it turned out the way I thought I was going to when I was 16 years old? You know what my big plan was? I was going to go to college and major in business and biology. That was the plan. First, I hit you with the business. You think it's all done. Then I come back, hit you with the biology. What was I going to do with this stupid double major? Sell organs on the black market very efficiently? I have friends from college, they're starting to get married. Went to one of the weddings, I asked the groom, I said, hey, why did you decide to get married? He goes, well, I don't know, we've been dating a few years now. Wow, that's a terrible way to answer that question. Especially with that tone and cadence. Ma'am, I don't know. That's not the appropriate tone and cadence to answer that question. That's the appropriate tone and cadence if someone's like, hey, uh, why'd you buy a Fiji water? Ma'am, I don't know. Bottle look kind of cool. Perfect. That's a fantastic moment to use that tone and cadence. So well done. That's also not a reason to get married, you know? We've been dating a few years now. I've been eating at the same taco stand for a few years now. I'm not going to commit to that taco stand for the rest of my life. Everything's following my current relationship with the taco stand. Now, if the taco stand wanted to move into my apartment with me, I might be up for that. Because then I'd have delicious tacos whenever I wanted. But the economics of taco stands wouldn't allow such a thing. I know what you're thinking. Wow, Aziz just compared women to tacos. He must not think that highly of women. No, I just think that highly of tacos. Aziz Ansari, his album is Buried Alive. You can also check out his very funny show, Master of None, on Netflix. You're listening to Bullseye's Best Comedy of 2015 special. After a break, we'll wrap things up with comedians Eliza Skinner, Beth Stelling, and more. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Thanks for listening to Bullseye this year. NPR podcasts have you covered this holiday, no matter what your mood is. One of my favorites is the Pop Culture Happy Hour. It's a panel discussion about things that are going on in popular culture. It is fun and funny and fascinating. You can find it and all of NPR's other podcasts at npr.org slash podcasts or in the NPR One app. Happy holidays. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. You're listening to our year-end Best Comedy of 2015 special. Eugene Merman put together one of the grandest releases of this year. His record was available on vinyl and in digital format, and you can also buy it as a chair or a robe. Really. Here he is on his album, I'm Sorry, You're Welcome. A lot of people ask me if I ever try jokes out on Twitter, uh, and I don't. But I do uh, try them on LinkedIn.
That is a truly dumb but really fun thing to say. I, I did a show in Northampton, uh, Massachusetts, and they, uh, there was an article um, where they interviewed this comic, and they misquoted him. Uh, <laughs> he had said, uh, you know the famous saying, uh, comedy is tragedy plus time. It's very popular. Uh, they had quoted him as saying that comedy is tragedy plus timing. <laughs> That's a radically different idea. Comedy is tragedy plus time is like in World War I, they used to use mustard gas, but now that's something you get at a deli. <laughs> Comedy is tragedy plus timing is like the idea that yesterday I found out that my friend got uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. <laughs> That's timing. <laughs> I was flying uh, from uh, Austin to uh, back to New York, and uh, I was buying a neck pillow at the airport. And the guy at the counter was like, "Oh, if you get, uh, you know, one neck pillow is seventeen ninety nine, but if you get two, it's only twenty ninety nine." And I said. I would absolutely do that if I had two necks. <laughs> we had a great laugh. <laughs> the guy behind me loved it. He was like, what do you call what you just did? <laughs> Literally never heard anyone kid around in public. That was Eugene Merman on his album, I'm Sorry, You're Welcome. His show, Bob's Burgers, has just been renewed for another season on Fox. It's great. It's super funny. You're listening to Bullseye's Best Comedy of 2015 special. Next is Eliza Skinner, who joined us at our annual convention of comedy and creativity, Max FunCon. Saturday night at Max FunCon, we hold a stand-up show out in the woods in a sort of summer camp amphitheater. Eliza told us a bit about getting out of a long-term relationship and the stuff that goes along with it. Here she is, recorded live in the woods at Max FunCon. My mom is worried about, she's like, you broke up with somebody again. What about babies? What about babies? Have babies. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that that's my thing, you know? Like, I have friends who really want to do that, and they're like, they see a baby on the street, they're like, oh, my God, a baby! Or, like, two babies, they're like, baby friends! (laughs) (laughs) Like, a bunch of kids going into an elementary school, they're like, so many babies! (laughs) Um, And I'm like, have you seen the inside of an elementary school? (laughs) They're disgusting. It's all sticky. Bits of bread and barrettes everywhere. (laughs) Covered in bad art. (laughs) You want kids? (laughs) Hope you like folk art. (laughs) Because we're getting a lot of it. (laughs) And once you put it up, you can't take it down. It goes up months later. People come over. What is that? I don't know. A fat snake with legs. Get me out of here. How did this become my life? My friends are having babies, though. And they're all like, oh, my God, Eliza. Once you have them, <laughs> everything changes. You're like, oh my God, I love this baby. I love babies. I love all these babies. I want to have more babies. Give me more baby. I need to have another baby. Baby, baby, baby. And I'm like, that sounds like heroin. 
We don't need to try that for 18 years, you know? Um, But they're like, come over, hold the baby. You have to come over and hold the baby. And I'm like, is he heavy? Why? <laughs> Are you tired? <laughs> I come over and I hold, and it, it like, and I'm not good at it because I feel like they like, you know, they don't fold like cats, so they don't do it right. I'm not holding it the right. It's just me. I feel it just. They say that when people stand on a high ledge, they're not scared. They're gonna fall. They're scared they're going to jump. When I hold my friend's babies, <laughs> I'm not scared I'm going to drop them. <laughs> I'm scared I'm going to throw them. <laughs> Different choices! So that's what I told my mom. <laughs> Eliza Skinner. You can find more about her on her website, elizaskinner.com, and on her podcast, Angry Little Goats. Matt Bronger is a really funny comedian. When I interviewed him earlier this year, we talked a lot about taking risks, why he thinks it's important to get out there and try something like comedy, or quitting a job that you hate, even if there's a chance of horrific failure. In this track from his stand-up album, Big Dumb Animal, he talks about someone taking a different kind of chance. But I kind of love watching guys hit on, on women and how they do it. And I, I really love the ridiculous guys, you know? Like, not guys that make women feel uncomfortable. Like, we should lock all those guys in a barn and set it the <laughs> on fire. I'm saying guys that don't care about getting shot down to the point where they hit on a woman from across a crowded room. Have you seen that guy? Like, full bar. Hey! You guys move. No, you. I'm Gary. That guy's amazing. That's like, it's like, a, it's like a unicorn with a tiny brain. It's majestic and stupid, both at the same time. Like, I first saw that guy on a crowded bus in Portland, where I grew up. Uh, full bus, 10 a.m. I was 16 years old. And this woman gets on with two sacks of laundry and sets them down, and she's sweating. She's like the picture of do not hit on me right now, right? And, you know, in the encyclopedia, like, don't ever hit on this woman. It's 10 a.m. She's sweating. Leave her alone, okay? Guy at the other end of the bus never saw that encyclopedia entry. Yells, full bus, through all of us. What's up? Whole bus is like, what's up who? Like, who, who are you talking to? But no one answers them because someone, you know, no one gets involved so on a bus. Someone gets stabbed. People will be like, this newspaper's amazing and I saw nothing. <laughs> so she finally realizes he means her and she's like, <sighs> what? He's like, want to get a drink? It's 10 a.m. <laughs> she's like, no. He goes, one drink. Like, like, that's the tipping point, right? Like, she's gonna be like, in that case, a Manhattan, get my bags, I am a lady, right? No. She goes, ah, oh. she's just like fed up. She's like, no, I, I don't wanna get a drink with you. And his answer was so stupid, it was almost genius. And I know that makes no sense, but strap in, cause it will, okay? She goes, I don't wanna get a drink with you. And he goes, that's not the point. What the hell does that mean? What does that mean? I'm asking you. As my new Brooklyn friends, I've been wondering for 16 years, man. 
We lost it. The whole bus laughed. We laughed so hard we met each other. Do you understand how hard you have to? We're like, what the f Hey, Diana, Matt, what's up? This is my friend Brian. We used to play soccer together. What the f was that? What's not the point? And the thing is, she thought about it, right? Like it almost worked. Like her face went, huh? And then she was like, oh, you, right? But for a second, for a second he had her. And I want to use that, you know? Not on women, but to get like little things. Specifically coffee. Like I, I hate it when I go to a coffee shop and like I, there's a line out the door, right? Just go, like I want to skip that line and go where they're just putting coffees out that have been paid for. Where they're like, latte for Chris, just snatch Chris's coffee and walk away, right? And when the guy's like, hey, that's not your coffee, just turn around and go, that's not the point, man. <laughs> like, you know he'll be like, how did I lose that argument? <laughs> and my coffee, I'll just take another latte, that guy's crazy. I don't know what just happened. Matt Bronger, his album is called Big Dumb Animal. You can hear more of Matt on his podcast, Ding Donger with Matt Bronger. Yes, it's really called that. So most of the albums we're featuring were recorded this year or, or maybe recorded last year and released this year. Wayne Fetterman's is an anomaly. He's been doing stand-up for about 30 years, starting in New York comedy clubs, doing sets at alternative clubs in L.A. The one thing he hasn't done is release an album. This year, he put out The Chronicles of Fetterman, which includes bits of his set recorded from 1984 to 2015. Here's Wayne Fetterman. Actually, last winter I tried snow skiing the first time. I figured, hey, I've skied on water. This is water frozen onto a mountain. I think I can do this. So I go to the mountain. The first thing I notice is all the cool people have their own skis and all the dorky people <laughs> are renting skis in this little shed. I don't want to be them. It actually says loser ski shed. You don't want to be there. So I go over there, I'm like, excuse me, pal, I need some skis. I left my personal skis in... Uh, Aspen, Vermont, when I was up there skiing, I was wondering if you can help me out. Sure, we got my skis. What do you need, 190s? 10 and a half B? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So it gives me the skis, the poles. I go buy a lift ticket, which is like $3,100. Put this on, which makes you eligible to ride the chair lift. Now, I don't know who invented this death machine, but... Because this, like, this is like a psycho's physics test. You have benches whipping by. <laughs> Suddenly you're inside a math word problem. It's like... <laughs> estimate. Estimate the velocity of a bench. Now calculate your velocity. The benches are coming at one every one and a half seconds. How much speed do you need to cross the ice, turn, and bisect the angle? Great, the one day I don't bring my protractor with me, I could definitely use it. So I wait, I see a chair, I cut, hits me, knocks me in the sound. I hear the sound, the worst sound no skier ever wants to hear, worse than breaking your leg, and that is the sound of the lift stopping. Suddenly I'm the focus of this entire mountain, I clear my eyes, I see people all the way up the mountain, frozen in their chairs. 
ski school skiing by, they're giving me the finger. I hear an announcement. Uh, there's a Jew down on E-Lift. I think we got a Jew down on E-Lift. And his outfit doesn't match. So no one has told me red plaid bell bottoms are out. Fine, I can live with that. So the lift operator picks me up, shows me to everyone in line, puts me in the chair, sends me up the mountain. Now in the chair, I decide to take out my guide to skiing, the trail map, which is an interesting piece of uh, topography because they name each trail in conjunction with how hard the run is. Now there's hard trails, which are black trails, and then there's easy trails, which are green trails. Now, I want to go on the green trails because I'm a beginner, but they have weird names like Mama's Boy, you know? <laughs> I don't want to be on that. I'm not going to be on that. There was another green trail called, Hey, buddy, you're a wussy. <laughs> Who's skiing that? I don't know. But then I see the black trails, the diamond trails. These look good. There was one called Body Cast. Yo. <laughs> Severe neck damage. Let's go. <laughs> So I get to the top, I find out there's two basic ways to ski down a mountain. The first way is called snow plowing. Now, if you ski like this, please do yourselves a favor, stay home. <laughs> stay off the mountain, because you look so pathetic. They're like little, I don't know, Jerry Lewis's with their knees, dressed really bad. Huh? I can't even describe it, I feel bad doing it. But there is a cool way to go down the mountain. That's called traversing. That's where you cut back and forth across the grain of the mountain. I said, this is it. This is for Wayne. So I get to the edge of the mountain. They say the skier's credo, which is no guts, no glory, no lunch, because you're nauseous. You can't hold anything down. So I wait, traverse to the right, cut, and traverse straight down the mountain. Now I'm flying down this mountain. I'm doubling my speed every three feet. Tears are pouring out of the corner of my eyes. I pass Chuck Yeager. How do I slow down? I try this. That does nothing. That's when I realized what the poles are used for. They're used to hit people out of the way as you go down the mountain. Now, sometimes you can actually stab a skier with one of these. I had like three skiers on one pole. It was like a ski kebab or something. I'm not sure what it is. Then I looked down and noticed one of my skis has sort of crawled on top of another one. And when your skis cross, a rule comes into effect called the tandem skiing rule, which states if your skis are crossed and there's anyone skiing in your vicinity, you are now allowed to hook them. This is true, because you're going down anyway, there's no doubt about it. This is just to cushion your fall a little bit. So, I see this lady and the infant she's teaching. I get over to her. I get my arm around her. We go down. The Jew, he's down on the slope. And he has a hostage. Wayne Fetterman from his three-CD album, The Chronicles of Fetterman, which includes stand-up sets of his recorded from 1984 to 2015. It's available now through AST Records. Let's wrap up our comedy special this year with Beth Stelling. Maybe you've seen her on Conan, Jimmy Kimmel, or At Midnight. Here she is on her album, Simply the Beth. So 
my mom uh, has been with Sprint for like the last 70 years. And she had like a little jitterbug flip phone thing and it stopped working. So she took it into the store and she was like, my phone's broken. And they were like, you dropped it. And my mom was like, I never. You know. And my mom didn't drop it. You know, she keeps it like in her quilt purse, wrapped in a quilt and another quilt. <laughs> the phone rings and my mom's like, see you later. And then no one's there. And so she's like, okay, well, how much is it to replace? And they were like, $200. And my mom said, I paid $29. And they were like, yeah, that was in 1942. <laughs> it's a rebate and everything. She goes, okay, well, I need to go home and think about it. Which only a 63-year-old woman can do. <laughs> Just like spend three days without a phone just to figure out whether it's cost viable, you know? <laughs> so she goes home and she calls me from the landline looking for some advice. And I was just like, yeah, mom, like figure out how much longer you have left, you know? <laughs> <laughs> On the plan, you monsters. <laughs> so you don't have to pay to get out of it. She goes, okay. So she calls Sprint. And she goes, yeah, we can answer that for you. We just need you to answer some security questions to get into your account. And my mom was like, okay. And Sprint said, who was your childhood best friend? And my mom said, Margo. And Sprint said, no. <laughs> and my mom goes, was it Gail? <laughs> and Sprint was like, no. And she goes, oh my God, I don't know. Was it Trudy? And I'm like, ma'am, you can really only answer this so many times. Why don't you think about it and give us a call back? So then my mom called me again and she was like, this is bogus. And I was like, it is. And I got her all fired up. And I was like, screw Sprint, Mom. Screw Sprint. And she was like, don't cuss. <laughs> and then she called back Sprint. And she was like, I'm going to be leaving your company. I am going over to my daughter's company, AT&T. <laughs> like, I own it. <laughs> and they were like, we're sorry to hear that. <laughs> we're Sprint. Yeah. And my mom goes... Well, can I know who my childhood best friend is? <laughs> like, there's one lady. Like, there's one lady that works at Sprint. <laughs> that woman had no clue what my mom was talking about. The original woman that was trying to help my mom figure out who her best friend was gave her a hint. And the hint was for my mother to think outside the box. What did she put? You know what I mean? I honestly, I don't know. She sent me a photo of the original bill the other day and it had like a bunch of names written on it. She's like, this is what I was trying to remember. <laughs> 
for posterity. And my mom's answer to that woman's prompt of think outside the box, my mom goes, okay, well, I don't know. Was it my imaginary friend, Nancy Allen? You gave your imaginary friend a first and last name? That was Beth Stelling. You can hear more on her album, Simply the Beth, and find her tour dates at sweetbeth.com. That's it for the best comedy of 2015. If you feel like we've missed something, there are a bunch of ways you can tell us and everyone else. Tell us about it on our unofficial Reddit page, MaximumFun.Reddit.com. Join the MaximumFun.org group on Facebook, and we'll talk about it there. Or tweet at us, at Bullseye. You know you want to. You've got opinions. Share them with us and the world. The show's produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our producer's Julia Smith, production fellow at Maximum Fun, is Abadian X. Perello. Production assistant is Christian Duenas, and our senior producer is Colin Anderson. Special thanks this week to Abadian X and Christian, who spent hours upon hours being paid to listen to comedy albums to make this show. So, thanks, guys. All our interstitial music is provided by Dan Wally. Thanks to the Go Team and their label, Memphis Industries, for our theme music. If you'd like to hear any of our past shows, all of them are free. Just go to MaximumFun.org. And if you want to hear about more cool culture stuff, you can check out our sister podcast, Pop Rocket. It's a roundtable discussion of everything great in popular culture, hosted by 2015 Best Comedy Award winner, Guy Branham. Yes, we gave him that award. Yes, he works for us. I guess that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.